Hey, 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 listeners, welcome back to yet another episode of Coffee Cables and Curveballs. We're your host, George and Rich, and our summer producer, Irwin's here as well. Go ahead, do you, fellas. Hey, 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 listeners, welcome back. This is a very special edition today. Uh, we're going to close out our first season. First of, season. Uh, recording uh, with a very special guest from the West Coast. Uh, got Irwin here on the other side of the table, a.k.a. the other side That's of the fair. glass. That's uh, fair. How are we doing, Irwin? What's going on, listeners? And uh, George, kick it back to you to introduce our host. Our, introduce our host? Oh, I guess he could be our host. Yeah. Introduce I'm, our guest. See, it can happen to anybody, not just me. Uh, we have a very, very special guest with us today, um, and you know, let's 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 let our guests introduce themselves their way, shall we? So go ahead, Joe. Do you? Hey, hey, hey! Thank you guys so much for having me on. This is I get to be a closer. I'm the season finale. You are. That is amazing. Um, and the fact that you actually are organized enough to have seasons is already a step ahead of me. I'm 200 and some episodes into my podcast, and I still haven't got any clue as to how to actually organize anything. Oh, but I'm Joe Way. Uh, I I serve at a day job as a director of learning environments at the University of Southern California, where I receive about. The design and installation support for about 500 AV-enabled spaces across the enterprise. And as well, I serve as the chair of the Higher Education Technology Management Alliance and co-founder, uh, HEPMA. And then I do own and uh, serve as CEO and editor-in-chief of Higher Ed AV Digital Magazine. Wow. Sounds yeah. like your full day's job is really from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah, you're not busy at all, are you, Joe? No, I just delegate ah. so that I can drink coffee. Good coffee. Ooh. You got the coffee. Let's talk sure. about that. Coffee. We have. I was gonna kick it off with. I was gonna kick it off with that. You, you were, the, you are the first guest to actually send us coffee. So, uh, thank you for that. George just brewed it in uh, uh, the K cup uh, Keurig next door you know, yep. in the office. Shout out to Bodhi Leaf. Um, this is a fantastic brew. Uh, it's not a full dark, but it's a it's a darker roast. Yeah. Uh, very aromatic. We 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 um, grinded it up in the office here and. The entire office smells like this amazing, amazing coffee. Yep. And uh, Rich and I brewed ourselves a cup, and I'm probably going to have another one right after yes, this. Yes, me too. I didn't um, put anything in it, and I usually just put a little splash of milk, but it is delicious as is, I will tell you. It's smooth, and the smell was intoxicating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Joe. Thank you for the coffee. Of now. course. Five-star review. You know, I can't come on something that, that's Cable's coffee. I know. And curveballs and not get you coffee. Right? I, feel, I feel like we have all of our requests, all of our guests going forward. That must be, it has to be a requirement. They have right? to. Joe's they setting have the bar to. high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing, you know, dunking a uh, cup of Joe for every episode <laughs> leading up to this. So now we just yeah. can't look back anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the game. <laughs> all right. Let's get, let's get started with, uh, with the show today. Um, first of all, Joe, uh, you introduced yourself as the director at USC of learning environments and HEPMA and higher ed AV and all this stuff. And we all know who Joe Way is and all these, all these, uh, brands that are associated with you. But why don't you tell us? I'm curious to know how this Joe Way came about to be. What is that AV, rich AV history there that, you know, led up to this Joe Way? Oh boy. Okay. Well, there's a, there's a, I can take up the whole rest of the show just in doing this. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll give you the, the high level points and then you can go into any other ones. You, any, you know, we can go down any tangent or curveball you would like Fair. from that point. Well done. Um, but yeah, so I actually, uh, <clears throat> got my start, um, in the industry. It just like, like every other AV person is a failed musician. 
Um, and no, uh, and actually it was, was, well, went to USC originally. So USC is my alma mater. I went for recording engineering originally, um, cause I had done some recording things <clears throat> while I was in high school, uh, here, uh, both for Geffen records and Island records. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, we can go into that further, but anyway, went to USC, um, and realized that I did not like the program very much. And, uh, so I became a philosophy major. Uh, I'll, you know, because why not? And then what do you do with a philosophy degree? You go in the entertainment industry. Uh, that's exactly what you do with a philosophy degree. <laughs> and um, so it, no matter how hard I tried to get away from from the, the entertainment industry, it's what I, I got my career in. I, ha- I owned a production company uh, for many years. I worked in live television, uh, music, festival, you name it. Um, owned a couple of nightclubs, just like everybody in, the, in Hollywood in the industry. You do whatever your next contract is. Uh, built a business um, and had that for a number of years until it was acquired in 2008. Um, so I had retired then in 2008 uh, for a few years um, until uh, I was at uh, my church and they needed a tech director. And we I started doing tech directing stuff for my church in 2011. Um, did that for a couple few years, but there and then another large mega church here served as tech director there until uh, Cal Baptist University said, Hey, we need somebody to come in and help us standardize because we've grown so much. And um, the person in charge there was a member of the church. That's kind of who he knew who I was. I'd never worked in higher ed. In fact, I'd never worked in any commercial integration side, which is kind of where I see higher ed fitting more on the commercial integration side. I know we have live events and things like that. Um, and was brought into. Um, uh, help uh, Cal Baptist, you know, standardize across the enterprise, figure out, you know, where they were going to go. Um, and uh, I totally fell in love with higher ed while I was there. And then, uh, so that was 26, that can't be, I don't know. Mine was around 2016-ish. I don't know. Um, and then uh, when my alma mater came calling in 2019 saying, hey, we need you to, can you do what you just did there here? And um that's how I got there, uh, got to USC. And at that same time, right a little before I, I did the transition, I recognized that there was really a need for our voice to be heard a little bit more. Um, and, um, you know, I do treat things like the business side. I've always came up being a, you know, a business owner. Um, that's how I've always looked at things, uh, much less on the tech side and much more on the business and, and kind of, you know, organizational leadership and management side. Um, and I really saw that was lacking in our industry, um, in our, our vertical a lot. Um, and why a lot of times we weren't being taken seriously, I think, by the rest of the industry. So that's kind of why uh, BC and I founded Hetma to kind of serve that side, you know, because there are amazing, great other, you know, organizations like ETC, formerly hey, hey, hey. and all that, right? Um it, but really to kind of to handle it, take it from like a business point of view, right? And that's kind of where where I looked at. And then the podcast came about, I guess, a little bit before, um, uh, before, yeah, before Hetma. And it was really just, uh, it was interesting. It came about because I had spent my entire career again in live events. I didn't know anybody um, at all in, you know, in higher ed, nor in the commercial integration side. And so I thought, well... You know, I remember going to one Infocom after going to Cal Baptist and um, like going to education track and like sitting there and going, I know nobody in this room. <laughs> and it was weird because I could go to the live events track and probably, you know, 
you know, do, do a little fist bump with 80 different people that I hadn't seen in years. Right. right. So it's like, how is this the same conference? And I have no idea who these people are. Yeah. And so that's why I started the podcast just to kind of thought, Hey, if I interview one person a week and 50 weeks or a year, I'll know 50 people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of how we got to, I don't know. I think I, I just, he talked for four minutes and said nothing. So <laughs> no, you, you said a lot. You said a lot. It's actually funny. And I do want to get back to what you mentioned about sitting in a class at Infocom uh, for, for a particular course. I'm going to get back to that in a little bit, and I'm sure you know where I'm going to get back to. But, you know, it's it's funny because both Rich and I, we're both Pace alums. Erwin is a Pace alum, and somehow we find our back, find our way back to our institution. And I think this is true for our industry in general. Um, that our folks find our way back to our alma mater one way or the other. Um, but, you know, in your, in your travels, in your last, you know, several years of doing this, uh, just a very broad question. Where do you see our vertical as it compares to corporate, let's say, you know, not even now because we're just getting there, we're getting started. But in the next five years, um, you know. Yeah, um, I think it's only going to get stronger. Um, more is going to come of it. Um, I need to turn off my sounds, my computer. All right, there we go. Um, the, uh, I don't know if you're, you're picking up the, the computer sounds on the other end, but no, I, I, I can't um, hear anything. We're good. Okay, great. Um, so this is the, see, talking about computer sounds is the quality content people come to podcasts <laughs> to listen for. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so where I think it's going in the next five years is just growing stronger. You know, in the last episode, uh, Hired AV, I interviewed Dave Labuskus, the CEO of, uh, of Avixa. And, you know, we, one of the questions I asked him, I said, you know, the, the growth of the end user, quote unquote end user, right? And this so far, 38% of the registrants for Infocom categorize themselves as end users. Almost half, 40% or so, select the education box for their vertical. That translates to a lot of people, okay? That means that probably 3,000-ish to 4,000 attendees will say they work in the education vertical, exactly, right? Right. Um, now, that, now translate that to, um, you know, what it looks. We know that we account for around 30-some billion dollars in annual spend every year, right? Right. Uh, just in the United States, a some, somewhere close to 180 billion globally. Well, that's a big amount, right? That mean, that's kind of justifies as to why uh, we get so much attention now that we didn't always get. And I think that growth is only going to continue more, right? We're going to see uh, that the industry uh, take a move to more in-house integration. Right. I think it's already happening. You're seeing companies, you know, the, the Apples and the, you know, even government and a lot of these other companies saying, hey, we're going to build our own in-house teams. So I think that that really helps us because the move is going to self-support. In fact, technology is moving to self-configuration. We kind of went through this where, you know, configure and then configure was bad. So now we had to program. Now we're going back to configure and we're going to back to um, self-configuration, AI being pulled into things. I think we're going to get a lot of high-level ability ability to put high quality stuff in and very, very easy um, kind of low cost of entry and low point, you know, even cost both in, in, in dollars, but also in effort. And I think that only helps us. Mm -hmm. um, and so I definitely think our vertical um, is positioned very well if we take advantage of it and we keep 
ourselves acting like professionals. And this was the one thing I've always said, you know, I know we want to have our voice heard and we want to be respected at the table, but until we actually act like the rest of the integrators and the rest of the business community in the AV industry, we don't deserve it. Right. Right. So, but, but when we do do that, then there, we should have that equal shot at the table. And I think the industry is now open to that. And yeah, I've seen I, I, that's the biggest change in the last five years. I agree. We are quite siloed. Uh, that is my biggest, not issue, but a biggest concern with our industry it, where we are introverts for the most part. And we like to keep to ourselves. You know, the lesson I learned was if you don't hear, uh, no news is good news, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, that's that's what I've that's the le lesson I've learned in my time in this in this industry, and it's starting to feel like that's not fair. That's not fair to all of us that do our work, and we should be highlighted for the things that we do, and people should know what we're doing, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I completely agree with you, and uh, you know, kudos kudos to you and others in our field that are doing the same to highlight such um you know all our accolades and so on and so forth well, speaking of i wanted to jump in because this made me think joe tell we, we saw this this hologram lab that you have out there at usc on zoom hologram george, you say george and i went to new york city uh this week and saw it in person now uh, george is talking about future five years tell us about this lab i mean we tell our listeners a little bit about this lab and and how it came about and all the cool things that you're doing because we are our mind is was blown by it when you showed it to us at the etc conference via zoom and then once we saw it in person i think our mind was blown again yeah isn't it cool like like i said i think i said before we hit record it's the coolest party favor ever <laughs> yes um and um expensive party favor mm -hmm. but fun um uh, yeah, no. So it's interesting. It's it's part of what started out as our esports arena, right? Um, but as we started to build our esports, um, one of the things that we recognized, um, you know, our philosophy at USC is that everything we do has to be the benefit of every single student, right? Not just any one particular niche. And I think a lot of esports that we see focuses on the gamer, rightfully so. I mean, it's about gaming, right? But we actually want to take it a step further and look into like what is incorporated, not just it for gamers, but the business of esports. And could we develop our space around that and how many places that could touch? So hence, you know, when we have, um, you know, we, we started with the, the, the games, the, the computer stations, but then re recognized really quickly, like, what about broadcast, you know, um, film production? We have a great film school here. We have the number one game design program in the in the country. So could we build a space where they could actually design their games, do 3D modeling, actually have a full professional broadcasting studio, um, be able to create, you know, have areas where they could create the lower thirds and graphics and all of that stuff, and then be able to put it, you know, and kind of step that further, what direction is technology moving in? It's moving into blockchain, it's moving into NFTs, it's moving into digital creation, it's moving into- Are you hinting at the metaverse? Uh, it's going to the metaverse, and it is. People can hate me, but it's there. And in fact, it is. And people don't understand it, right? That's why they don't like it. But, um, but we are moving into virtual worlds. And hence, the hologram machine, as I'm walking through CinemaCon with, uh, with Tim Albright, and we're walking down the hallway, and we see this box, and I literally walk in. I'm like, I want one of those. I don't even know what it costs. <laughs> Just get me one and get it to my campus. Um, because again, it was how can we now, what can we do with it, both for creation, content creation, um, but also marketing. I mean, you put, you know, the 
head football coach on there to welcome people into the space of the president of the university. Also, could we then have somebody like there in New York? Could we have a faculty member from NYU or something be able to, um, you know, kind of bring themselves in and teach in that space. The whole space is a collaborative area and educational space as well. So that's where it kind of grew into. Um, and it was just one of those, like, every time we had an idea, it was like, oh, but now what about this student? Well, now what about this type of person? So we could really get that full collaboration together, you know, in one kind of easy spot. And hence, I ended up with a fun little hologram machine. <laughs> George and I looked really good together in the hologram machines. Together. I, I feel like that would have been a like we could teach our AV program, you know, to students oh, yeah. at USC, other oh, yeah. colleges Absolutely. that have this, yeah. you know, so I was, I was really impressed with it. And it's actually, it's, you know, to take that to the next level, just like you said, it's, you know, when, and, you know, this is a good set we get into our AV program, what yeah. Joe thinks about it. But, you know, when the program is eventually built out and when there is a, a, a major degree or dare I say a graduate program, dare I say a doctorate, um, yeah. Man. Uh, yeah, that's probably too far-fetched, but, you know, at least let's, let's stick with a ma uh, master's program, right? So, you know, that opportunity to say, hey, Joe, would you like to teach a course at Pace for project management, right? Or, Joe, can you be a guest speaker? It changes the dynamics of the classroom, you know what I mean? Our traditional, and I know, you know, there's still academia split with the whole, oh, you know, my class should be a lecture because I can't teach it any other way. But let's be honest, like we're moving into the experiential world. We're moving away yeah. from, do you really think students want to look at the back of this head for two hours and I was writing on a whiteboard? I hope not. You know what I mean? I didn't enjoy it as a student. I'm, I don't think today's students enjoy that. So, you know, to that end with the experiential learning and where everywhere, wherever we're headed, this is a great start to lead into, dare I say, the metaverse, right? I think so, you are absolutely right. My question to you is, how does education, how far away, how long are we, long ways are we from education adopting metaverse entirely? And what, what, what do you, in your mind, what do you think that'll be? What form or what shape would that be? Yeah, um, so the fact is, it's actually already here, okay? Um, it already exists. There are some schools doing it very well. There are some schools, like ours, that are currently working on putting programs together. Um, it, In fact, you know, the, the best way, and I know metaverse, it's, it's a buzzword, and then people right. like things or don't like things, and usually tech people dislike things first, and right. then they like it, you know. It's our natural progression to say, no, I hate it, without even understanding it, but it's what we do. Um, and yet, uh, there are some, when you look at it, the idea of the metaverse really is just, that's a buzzword for Web3, right? A more right. interaction, a web that knows more than you, that can help cater you what, what it is to you. And that, that's where I look at this opportunity. I really, you know, for me, where there's metaverse, like, do I need it at USC? We're a traditional brick and mortar camps. No, I really don't, right? We would be fine without it. But what about places, third world countries that have a hard time with education? That, And this is one of the things that the pandemic did. It exposed all of those things where traditional brick and mortar were, were uh, hindrances to to good education, right? Because not everybody had the resources. But once you could put people online, and once you could now have catered uh, education to the 
customer who is there. Sorry, I call students customers. Um, and um, the customer who is there um, and be able to teach in the way they can understand it from a faculty member who's an expert in that thing. And you can bring that to them. Why wouldn't the next step be to create a collaborative environment that's more of Zoom on steroids than just staring at boxes, but right. now create an environment where everybody can come together and learn? That becomes a great equalizer for the iniquities that we've found around the globe. So the ones who can really get the most out of it, which is interesting because those are the countries that are actually doing the most research onto it, are those that don't have the means for traditional um, you know, brick and mortar education. Right. We have a tendency to look down upon it because we don't have the need for it. We've learned and adopted, but our the next generation has been living in virtual worlds, right? You know, the fact is the incoming freshman this next year has never lived in a world that didn't have an iPhone. Correct. Never. They can't picture what it's like, right? Wild. They yeah. they are um they are virtual natives. Right, not digital natives. They are virtual natives. They've always lived on FaceTime and all this. And that's why, you know, as we all know, when the pandemic came, it wasn't the students who had a hard time adopting to online. It was the faculty that had right. the hard time. Right. right. And so and, and that's only going to become more as the students have developed their lives digitally. They are, I mean, you could say, you know. Um, there was a study, and I wish I could find it again. It was one of those random things I read. The, or, you, know, or, you know where you see it on your feed and you read it, and you wish you can go back, but your feed has, uh, right. has updated and you'll never find it. But there was a study um, that said that students identify, like this next generation, identifies with their social media handle name more than they identify with their own name. Wow. They, I know. What, I mean, think about that for a minute, yeah. right? That the identity they create in a handle is the identity that they've shaped themselves toward. Also, you know, a lifetime ago when we used to um, ask someone out on a date, it would be, an, it would be, you know, what's your number? I've witnessed in 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 real life people saying, "What's your Instagram handle?" Oh that's yeah. that's where we are, right? Uh, my ten year old lives in this fantasy world. Uh, what is it called? Um, Minecraft, Fortnite. That's the expectation. So you said, you know, where. Pace is also a brick and mortar institution. You said, you know, uh, third, not not necessarily. Yeah, but let's call it right. Third world countries that are that can't afford the brick and mortar. They're looking, at, but I know education, especially in the U.S., is all about traditions and all this kind of stuff. But isn't it time we started thinking outside the brick and mortar tradition as well? Yeah, hundred percent. A hundred percent think we should. Um, and that's also why you're seeing a lot of the next tier schools. Um, and, and I don't, I know because I'm come from an elite R1 where I'm at now. Um, but there, we're not the ones that are really pushing this. It's the ones that have the 2,000 students, 3,000 students. There's an opportunity to grow, right? right that are really pushing it. Let's like look at esports. Right. It's not the big schools that are the top esports programs, right? Um, and that's where I think there's a lot of opportunity and where we, we need to be able to move and change. The next generation is going to. And, and the fact is, you know, even kind of pulling it back to your five year, you know, what are you seeing in five years? Remember, well, the next thing that's going to happen in five years is the next generation of teachers who came out who are now in high school and college who sure. grew up in a virtual world. Sure. They're going to want to teach because they live in a virtual world. Mm -hmm. So we also have this sense of, we got to get away from, you know, tenured professorships. We have to get away from. Yes, well, that's a dangerous everybody. topic, though. I know, but we have to. <laughs> it's it, And we're moving that way. Everyone knows the only people, reason they don't, people don't like it is because they know that we're moving away from it. And we right. should move away from it. 
Um, and as the new fa uh, faculty come in, it, you're going to see user adoption because they won't understand what it's like to learn or teach without technology. Sure. Right. So that will be the biggest move in the next five years as well. It's just the change of who the teacher is. Person personalities. I know Rich is itching to ask uh, the, about the degree program, but I do want to say one thing. The faculty, while the faculty had a hard time adopting during the pandemic, I do, you know, credit where credit's due. They really did jump on that horse and they really not horse let's go with they really grabbed the bull by the horns right and they really did step up and i you know so kudos to them uh for that because our classroom design our base model our our, our standard level classroom design has changed drastically from what it was just five years ago so you know kudos to them for that yeah, yeah. i actually i was gonna pivot to um obviously we have oh you said pivot take a drink <laughs> fair enough mm-hmm to, uh, <laughs> info we have that coffee is delicious, yeah, man. It really is. <laughs> to, um, to, obviously, there's two big events coming up, right? Uh, Infocom's in the very near future, and then we have the, the big annual ETC conference hey, hey, hey. Uh, in September at USC. Um, yeah, hey, hey. Hey, oh. hey, hey. Um, <laughs> I guess we just wanted to ask you, Joe, what's the biggest thing you're looking forward to as you know, someone that's gone to Infocom many times and obviously does a lot of travel and so on, but what's, what's the one... What's the one thing you would say? I, I guess it, it's kind of cliche, but to somebody that's never hasn't gone or has, hasn't gone in a while or hasn't gone to Infocom at all, what's the your your um, pearls of wisdom for for that person? Yeah, um, well, I'm going to have to do shameless plug uh, because this Infocom is the very first time in the history of Infocom that an end user has a booth on a show floor. What? Hey, hey, hey. So yeah, so you know, having a full twenty by twenty booth on the show floor is a first ever well, congratulations um, excellent congratulations. i know um i have a whole new respect for anyone who does trade show booths mm -hmm. it is the bane of my existence <laughs> um i am going to get back at every manufacturer who's ever asked for a badge scan because that's who i'm going to be all week can i scan your badge can i scan your badge and then i'm going to send the email three days later thank you for stopping by the booth it was pleasure can i and then you know and then i'll send the two days later uh in case you missed my first email i'm pushing this up to you know um um, so, I, uh, but yeah, no, I, so I, you know, uh, so I'm going to say, you know, uh, I gave a couple of answers. It, if you're in higher ed, then definitely stop by the booth. We're doing cocktail hours, uh, three to five each day. We have programming throughout, um, giving away swag stuff, but really uh, come find your people, right? That, that's the whole thing, regardless of whether you're a member or not, whatever. There's a place for us, a physical like flag in the ground to say, this is a home for our people. Swing by, meet others, especially in our vertical. I know that, it, you know, a lot of people come by and, um, you know, and, or go if they're from schools and they don't know anyone, it's hard to connect the same thing. Like even when I went to that very first education class at my first Infocom while working in higher ed, it was still weird to introduce to people. Right. And you didn't know, like, where do you fit in? And I know a lot of people go through that and I'm naturally just an outgoing person. So I, you know, I'll grab a beer and embarrass myself. It's what I do, but I know a lot of people aren't right. Tech people, you know, our images that we're introverts and we hang out and, and it's true by and large, we are right. right. And so come by, you know, and find your people and just be okay. Just being there, introduce yourself, you know, and, and just, and that's, so that's for higher ed, but let's just say in general, you know, my feeling at, at a show, when you go to a show, 
um, is to have a plan. Know what you want to accomplish, right? I did 100 and what, 168 shows last year. I think I've got 25. 20, I'm cutting yeah. down this year. I've only done 30 of them, 25 or so this year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and, um, you know, my I always go in with a, a plan of what I want to accomplish, right? Um and my again, what I'm gonna I'm doing different things than the average person. Maybe if you are coming and looking for you know certain technology for something they're doing, or they want to learn a certain skill or whatever. But when you come in with that mindset, plan it, um, and know that that's what you're there for. Get it done, mark it off the list. Um, but then save the rest of your time for the you know for spontaneity. You never know when someone's going to invite you for a drink, or there's going to be you know a meetup here or an extra class you didn't know about because when you're looking through the list of, you know, 900 classes, they all just blur. But then when you're there and you hear someone else is going there. So kind of that two sides, allow it to form, be itself and take on its own identity. And then on the flip side, no, if you're there for a reason, which is what you're telling your boss, right? To get the funding. You're like, I need to go and learn how to do this. And I need to look <laughs> at all 800 projector manufacturers. And, um, <laughs> and uh, okay, but, but, but accomplish that, right? There is something in your job as to why you're going, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's always networking. I don't need technology. I know all the technology. It's all, I, don't, I don't care. But I'm also, you know, in a large metroplex area. I have every manufacturer here. I have that. If you're somewhere that's in a small you know, a rural area, you probably don't have that. Maybe you want to take advantage of more show floor time because it might be your only opportunity to see new technologies, right? Just have that plan. Yeah. While we're doing the shameless plug, I just want to put it out there. ETC, Educational Technology Collaborative, will also be hosting a, um, we're finalizing some logistics, but we will have a afternoon uh, get together for members and non-members just for the education vertical so we can hang out and just kind of chill out. So look, look forward for information on that as well. Um, so 168 shows last year. Damn. Is that the most yeah. you've ever done? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was definitely a lot. And it, you know, so the funny thing is it started out at the beginning of the year last year where Chris Netto and Tim Albright and I were, cause we were like, do it. We had started this, like counting our show numbers from the year before competition. There was a little competition. And then at some point, like I just started pulling away, you know, and it's a blessing. I mean, I am completely blessed and honored to, you know, I want to say be the kind of unofficial figurehead of our industry, our vertical, sure. right? Um, I've been blessed to be able to speak and represent the things that both we're doing at USC, but also higher ed, right? When I go, I try to speak for the vertical. I know that there's a lot of differences, but, you know, it's been, uh, it really has been a blessing to continue getting those invites and just to, to give our, our vertical of voice in so many different types of conferences. That's just, it's crazy. So yeah, it's, uh, that was last year. This year I've said I've, I'm cutting down a bit. So some of the invites I've gotten either given to my staff or found other people to fill in for it. So. Hey, feel free to send a few RY. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, you were in Dubai. So yeah. tell us when you were not sandboarding or building, jumping off the bridge Khalifa, what were you doing there? Uh, I, I was, uh, yeah, I saw a tweet. I think I saw a tweet. You said, Dubai, make me an offer. I can't refuse. <laughs> oh my was gosh. That good, huh? I loved Dubai. It was yeah. one of my, you know, a lot of times I travel, especially when I go somewhere new, I try to, you know, like my wife came out with me. We try to make a little bit of a vacation, especially it's, you know, when, when the conference is paying for me to go out there, right. They're picking up the hotel, my airfare, all that, right. The, and the expenses and all that. So you want to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, now, so, and then, of course, the wife comes out. All I do is pay for her added airfare, right? And we right. got everything else. Um, and we didn't really know what to expect. A lot of times when I travel, especially for, you know, we were gone for 10 days, 
um, you know, by like day five, like I'm ready to go home. We kind right. of thought that might be the case, but the next thing we knew, we're like, wait, we leave in the morning. Like it was so great. It's awesome. hard, so hard to explain. It's really like, like Vegas meets South beach, Miami. Oh, wow. Right. Wow. Put those two together and that's Dubai. Wow. And it was just great. Some, some great friends, some, uh, Girish owns an integration company as part of PSNI. went out, met his team. We had a great dinner, got to golf the, you know, uh, when the championship course is there, which was fantastic. Um, and just, just the culture and the, and the people. And it, it, it's so weird, hard to explain, but it was fantastic. My whole responsibility was only speaking for 25 minutes. That was it. Um, That's awesome. so I, yeah, and again, getting to, to share, they actually ended up having me speak for an entire hour, which was kind of nice again, shows our people care about our vertical. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that was pretty awesome. And, uh, and it's great just seeing, Seeing uh, how other people do things around the world too. Pivot, pivot. Yeah. Um, so George alluded to this before. So um, I, I know I know you have a, an idea of um, what we're doing here, at building here at Pace with this, you know, AV program, and and how you know there's really no true, you know, there's there's no true the certifications are you know the CTS is the golden certificate. There's no academic degree. Uh, we've started building out a, a minor program which should be pretty much approved by the summer. Um, our end goal is obviously a major, from from your perspective, we always like to ask other people's perspectives, what would your, your advice be to us keeping in mind from somebody, you know, in the industry in higher ed, um, you know, as far as how we build this program out and, and the, the logistics of it and just, you know, any other pearls of wisdom you would have as, as we continue? Because this is something we... Again, like we're like, oh, cool. Like we, we're we're the first institution to kind of have something like this. This is awesome. But we want to collaborate with other people. Like we're, you know, we're we're gonna reach out to you. We're gonna reach out to Donnie and down in UCF and all these other contacts that we have. Um, but what what would be your advice to us? And and you know, how can we collaborate with another university? Yeah, yeah. No, good question. Um, and I've thought about this too. Uh, first off, I mean, it's kudos to y'all for even just putting this together. Um, and. I think that my advice would be remember to keep it um, holistic, right? Like, like, and not just, you know, not just teaching the technology. I mean, yeah, is there part of that? Absolutely. How to, how to, you know, over under your cable rolls and do all those fun things, right? Um, but remember the technology changes. So you want to, you know, you, and the technology is actually kind of the, the easy part, right? And wherever someone goes into and what's, what, area that they're interested in is going to kind of define that right um but there's so many different parts that make us yeah um make up our industry you know whether it be from pr to business man you know management to project management um to faculty training and that's one of the things like it on my staff here at usc i always say i have the greatest staff there is um and it's right so you can think you do you're i'll challenge that um no you're wrong um (laughs) because i do um you know, hey, I got two AV professionals of the year. I got two, uh, you know, uh, 40 under 40s. I yeah, got yeah, Messi yeah, in yeah. the nine. I got, yeah. you know, uh, I got two well, doctorates. Two, two doctorates. Um, uh, about, I think it was like seven masters. Um, so, you know, hey, I, I tell you, I think I got the best. Sorry, um, I think we have the second best. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so, but here's the thing. The reason I actually say that is because when I built my team, again, I was blessed to come into USC where we, I got to build my, my staff from scratch, right? Um, completely from scratch. So one thing I did is I put down all of the skills that would be needed. 
I needed someone who people who could understand logistics and operations and project management and programming and cloud and network infrastructure um, and people management and DEI and all these things, right? That and uh, marketing, all of those type, you know, content design, all of the UX, CX, right? And I started listing all of these things: customer service, um, whatever. And I think I had like eighty different things that I needed, right? And so then rather than having a position going, okay, I need a this one, I found a group of people that brought me all those skills. So right. I could find someone to go, I love this human being. This is a great person. And they also bring XYZ skills. Right. Okay. Mark them off. Found somebody else who had this great skill set. And they brought knocked off eight more of those things off the list, right? And that's how we brought you know, our, what I really a diversity of, of talent to my team, not just in you know physical diversity in the way we think of it as DEI, but diversity in the th- the, the skill set that most people don't have. Like most people would wonder, like, why did I hire someone that was a PR major for an AV support team? Because we sell, like we're everyone's sick of my case studies, right? But you know what case studies do? They help my budget keep coming, right? right? They tell our story. It helps me when I put my slide deck together, when I'm going to ask for money, that I've got that. I know how to tell the story of what we're doing. That's right. why Lex works for me, and she's amazing, right? right? That having that um, that skill set, and most people be like, "What do you mean you're hiring a PR person?" Yeah. Because right. that's part of our business, right? So, you know, long, sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, so to now to now, now to finally come around to answer your question, um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's that keep that in mind, you know, build the whole student, build the whole idea, you know, and let them then decide, Hey, especially if it's a starting as a minor, like if you're looking at, if you're got a minor program, mm-hmm. that means they also have a major. Right? right. So how could you show them that their major, whatever they're in, computer science or marketing, whatever, has a there's a place for you in the AV industry. And here's where that fits. Right. And that's a huge opportunity for us to now build out the base, not just people who can run a soundboard. Right. right. And I think that's the the problem with a lot of the certificate programs because that people have tried it and have tried to start them right they do exist, especially like in house of worship and stuff right? kind of they do exist, but they're always just about here, be a good audio engineer. Well, a right. good audio engineer, it doesn't matter if you can't go fight for a budget and you right. can't get a sound, right? I mean, so those are the types of things where I think that there, if I were building a program, I would really invest in. Yeah, and I think so. actually that's that's actually great because our partnership with the MCVA program is, yep. is actually pretty awesome along those lines because yep. we have journalism majors, we have PR majors, we have filmmaking, filmmaking you know, you name it. And now that's a skill set that can definitely be married with AV mm-hmm. and, you know, just a broader range, a wider umbrella, so to speak, when you're job hunting or whatever. So, and then partnering with Crestron, everybody thinks Crestron, oh, yep. you have to do IT or you know, AV or have some sort of technical. No, they have like PR, marketing, HR, like there's so, we had a, an inter, we had Chris Patrick, Chris Fitzpatrick. Do you speak much? Um, sorry, <laughs> uh, a couple a couple episodes ago, and I don't think we talked a single moment of tech, and it was yeah. ref, it was refreshing. Like you know, that's that's fine. We talked about careers, interviewing, networking, mentorship all that kind of stuff, and it was mentorships. It was phenomenal, and you know uh, that the, you know again like between our MCVA department being so experiential and having all these different uh, hands on majors and our you know the partnerships that we've established uh, that that definitely makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah, and we have to give a shout out to CTI and oh, Atlas CTI, IED, yes, Gina and and uh, George and even Tim and them. They've been really just fantastic partners throughout this process. Chris Netto, I mean, all of you, Joe, you've you've also we've been we've had so many conversations. Um, I'm hitting you up when you're in Dubai or 
Are you going to be in India next? Are you going to be in my neck of the woods next? Yeah, uh, there's there's plans. There's <laughs> plans. I, see, this is the advantage. Of, so are you traveling as much? Well, I'm just being more selective. I'm going to places around, you know? So, you know, so that, I've been to like eight countries this year or something like that. So wow. that, that's the plan. Just pick the far ones. So, Joe, I saw on uh, I saw on LinkedIn the other day. Uh, tell us about your book that's coming out in July. I saw, oh, so your second book uh, is coming out. Tell my us. second book. So here, there's my fir- my first book is behind me. Awesome. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it's it actually came from the um, from my speaking. Okay, so I say this to everybody all the time. Every time I speak, I say the same thing. It's the same slide deck. I just change the title. Okay, I've been doing that for two years. Okay, the exact same slide deck, the exact same speech, and no one's figured it out yet. Um, right. And I tell people that, like, literally, it's. Um, uh, but no, I, I do cater it to the audience, you know, a, a little bit. But it's the same general story of kind of how you know, you know, as the world turns, how the how the the you know education changed, um, and just some learning points that I have picked up going through the pandemic experience, right? And of course, the technology that we did at USC, which is no doubt, and by far, probably the single best, you know, technology installation in higher ed. Um, and when you come and see it at ETC, you will see why that I was I was joke that it actually is, is the one setup that does live up to the case studies, right? Um, and especially when people walk on campus, they're like, Oh, we had no clue. So you're gonna you're gonna like it. But um, so the kind of a combination of talking about putting that bleeding edge technology in at some, you know, where at one point, I think we had nine NDAs, active NDAs at one point in working on putting that in there, which I will tell people, don't be that stupid. Don't do that. Um, you know, because uh, that was a lot of points of failure uh, that were possible. Um, but nonetheless, so taking that along with the lessons we learned for the pandemic and seeing where the next generation is going, like we're talking about that students are now content um, consumers. They expect technology and education to be delivered in a different way than the traditional way it was. So I'm taking that narrative, which is what I speak on everywhere I go. And I really want to just, you know, before it becomes outdated, before it's, you know, I kind of forget what to do. And I've done some recording is like, I need to turn it into something and turn it into, a, into the book. And that really is the book. The book is taking that, that narrative and kind of going, okay, now what, where, wh- what, what changed in technology? So now, Ideally, the last chapter is, you know, the call to action to now do something with it. What are you going to do with it? Um, and to bring that either to your campus or if you're, you know, you're an instructor, how do you change your pedagogy? What does that mean now that we understand the new way the world is? Um, and that is the book. So, uh, yeah, I took a bunch of recordings that I've had over the last, uh, you know, two years, ran them through some transcription, and there we go. Next thing you know, I've got the book, and all I got to do is go out and, ed- you know, edit it and actually make it uh, so you don't fall asleep. Is it more than 100 will, pages? Because then it might be hard for me to read. You know, uh, a lot of pictures. No, uh, no it so, is 200, I mean- <laughs> some, two, 200 pages, 200. <laughs> but that goes quick. It's 200 pages. You can read that. That's you not know? bad at all. Uh, no. This was phenomenal, Joe. Uh, we usually, George, do you have anything else? Because I wanted to start getting some, no, some of the fun stuff that we, we do usually you? do with our, our, our guests here. Um, first, this is actually a new one, Joe. Since you are the first fellow bald guy to join us. Hey, hey, guest, hey. Um, what I think we would have at least someone else on, but yeah, I, 11 episodes in, yeah. you're the first. Uh, so we, we always, um, we do a bald joke, which I'm going to let George do. Uh, but we're actually adding a new uh, segment here. We like to ask our guests who they believe would be the their choice for the sexiest bald man alive. And you cannot choose George, myself, or you, of yeah. course. 
Oh, I was going to just, I mean, it, first thing that came to mind was George, <laughs> wow. which is why we had to take me off the table. Um, the, the sexiest bald man alive. Oh my gosh. Now I'm Googling this bald <laughs> man. Fantastic. Uh, fan, uh, 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 let's see. Well, there is uh, one right answer for Rich and me. It's not for everybody, but for yeah, Rich and me. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, all right, so here we uh well, oh, okay. <laughs> um what? Yeah. So again, this is the quality content people come for to have me google things while we're while we're recording. Um yeah, I guess oh, so here's a whole list the 20 the best 20 <laughs> bald actors of all time. And boy, it's quite the I, I, so Telly Saval was what came to my mind when you said it. Um, but then you've got The Rock and you got Bruce Willis and Sean ah, Connery ding, 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 and Samuel ding, ding, Bruce ding, ding. Ah, yeah. yeah. So it's Brucey so, for us. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Bruce Will. Oh, yeah, I'm going right. to. You know what? And praying for him and his health and yeah. all that right now. Yeah. Too. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, definitely not Patrick Stewart. I cannot stand that. <laughs> um, I hate He's Star Trek. Yeah. Well, I there's mean, a picture Google of Google says here. so. I guess so. <laughs> I know. If, if it's on Google. It's on Google. Yeah, right? true. yeah. There you go. George, you want to hit him yeah. up with hit him up with the ball joke now? Um actually oh. I did not bring my laptop, right. so I'll I let you do you. it again. All right. These are very dad esque jokes, Joe. Yeah. So bear with us on these. I mean, we but, love it. Uh, we try we to do a different them. one every time. Um what do diarrhea and baldness have in common? Oh Lordy. What? <laughs> 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 they both run in your genes. Damn. If Sweet Lou was here, he would have fallen out of his chair. I can't. I can't. Uh. Oh, my God. When I heard it, I was dying. I'm still. Oh, my God. That was great. Oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry. Damn. Uh, you want to take streaming season, Georgie? Uh, yeah. All right. So, you know, we talk about the other thing we do on the show is we talk about shows that we watch, streaming shows that we watch. Um, I just finished watching. Um, oh, I forgot the name of the show. Um, <laughs> a mayor of Kingstown. Uh, it, it was that, it, it was, was that good. It was that, that you forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> no, it, it, I you know I go between shows. I watch a couple of Indian shows with my with my wife, and then there's a couple of shows that I watch just because. And then there's a one show that I'm like really into. So the names get mixed up. You know, it's, it's a really hard life I lead. Um, but Mayor of Kingstown was was the show that I'm really obsessed with right now. So what is a show that that you're watching right now? Um, I really uh, so I don't watch a lot of television. So it's well, usually just it'll be, world. It, it'll be <laughs> sports if I do. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ted Lasso for All right. sure. Hey, All right, hey, that's, hey. you know, that's it. Um and um, so for sure that one. And then I, so I, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I just watch HGTV and I just oh, totally put it on. No reason that's, to be embarrassed. That, that? That's it. You know, and George is our uh, resident, uh, resident uh, gardener and, mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. you know, home improvement. You know, guy. and that's it. I love, you know, we got properties around the Caribbean and stuff. So I love watching, um, you know, just, uh, you know renovation shows yeah. especially you know yep. like uh reno you know um innovation island and things like that so i you know yeah. anything having to do with 
Yeah, I, I watch those shows too, Jay, Joe, and then I think I can fix a sink or, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And and every time I go downstairs and grab a tool, my wife's terrified. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I it, it just reminds me to pay people. Like, I get the ideas, and then I go yeah. find someone to pay them to do yeah, it. Yeah, I get a text from George. He's like, uh, hold on, I'm fixing my kitchen sink. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you be on Seven that. Home Depot trips yes. later. Um, 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 last but not least, if we always, you know, the day we record, we always pick out what day it is national, you know, gimmicky nationally. There was three mm -hmm. of them. I, I didn't, I could, two of them kind of went together. So hit us with all three. We'll pick all three? one. All right. We'll pick one. So one was national paper airplane day. I thought that was like a, mm. kind of like a classic. Mm, cute. Yeah. The next two yeah. kind of went together. So it was national carb day. I thought it meant carbs, like, you know, pasta, bread, that yeah. it was actually something to do with race cars, I guess. Oh, like, like a carburetor. Carburetors. However, yeah. it was also blueberry cheesecake. Day. So I went. With, oh. I was going with the carb slash blueberry cheesecake angle. Yeah, so let's like, go with that. Yeah, so that's what I'm mm -hmm. going with. Um, let's blueberry go with cheesecake. That. Big fan. Yes. Of, I mean, cheesecake in general is pretty good. Yeah. So, so folks, go outside and get yourself a blueberry cheesecake. Yeah. And from mm -hmm. paper airplane has a few. Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of like that too. I kind of like the paper plane too. <laughs> yeah, cool. I like those. Are both good. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like I have to make a paper airplane right. <laughs> and have a blueberry cheesecake. Excellent. <laughs> I think I have a question from the audience for you. So the travel bug you are, all the countries you visited, if you had to pick a place in the world to live, where would it be? Hmm. Costa Rica. And oh. why? Um, because Costa Rica. Um, <laughs> there was no hesitation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, answer you, you know, yeah, no, I have my favorite places on earth and, um, my top two are definitely Earth. I don't say there's three or four. So Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, definitely the Cayman Islands. You see, there's a theme there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I love London. Like, just absolutely love London. Um, I can never get enough of it. Maybe because I did my PhD in England, so therefore I'm a little Fair. partial to it. Fair but um, but I, I do love that. I love places with history. Um, having gone, you know, back to Japan a couple of times, I do love Japan, but I wouldn't want to live there. Like there's places like same thing that I love Dubai. Was I looking at properties while I was there? Of course. Um, <laughs> and you know, but then it's like, yeah, would I want to live there? No. Could I own an Airbnb there? Yeah. Um, so, but I could, you know, um, th there may or may not be some uh, retirement plans in Costa Rica already. So nice. All right. All right. That's a, that's a great choice. That's excellent. Um, I think we we're supposed to go to Costa Rica as a guy's trip, and that never happened. Yeah, that was uh, on the list at some point. Oh. Yeah, it's fantastic. And the here's the thing about Costa Rica: for actually a bit, quite a small country, there are like twelve different climates too. So, like you go to, you know, we love like the Arenal um, volcano area, and you can go mm -hmm. right down to Liberia from there, just right down the way, and you've got some surfing on the beach, and uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's a great, and it's cheap, dirt cheap. Yeah. Yeah, so might yeah. have to make it back on the list. Or yeah, you know, you know what I realized? We had a <clears throat> we usually plug the Jimmer in every show. Yeah, and Joe made a reference of Sobe. Yes. and we did not make yeah. a Jimmer reference. Yeah. So yeah. our our good friend Jim, Jimmy, he's uh, he's obsessed with South Beach. So we try to work him into every show. He's, he's also obsessed with carbs. So I don't know. Maybe carbs, we should have shot him out there. Yeah, we had a couple <laughs> usually, of opportunities to shot him out, and we dropped the ball on that one. We did. Usually, though, in South Beach, you don't see a lot of people walking around who ate a lot of carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Jim would be the exception Just saying. to the rule. <laughs> uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Really look forward to seeing you at Infocom. Yes, can't wait um, to meet you. Can't wait to meet yes. you in person, Joe. I haven't met you in person yet, so I'm looking forward to that uh, and see you in a couple weeks. Likewise, yeah. this would be great. Yeah, a couple weeks. Awesome. Also, Sorry. for our listeners, you know, uh, we're going to be. Uh, 
broadcasting, hopefully live, depending on the internet at the show, <laughs> at the Starin booth, at the Starin booth, at the Hetma booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll also be at the T1V booth. So come by and look, check it, check, check out the Bald Davy guys T-shirt, a limited edition. Hey, hey, you get a chance to 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 spin a wheel, maybe get mm-hmm. a get a couple of gifts, couple of T-shirts, some swag, uh, some swag. That's the word I was looking for. Thank yep, you, Rich. Got you. Um, so with that, uh, you ready to sign off? I'm ready. Take care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> With that being said, be well, kind. Well, now he threw me off. Now I'll start over. With that being said, be, be- kind. Let me go with the be kind. All right, guys, I- let George go first. I forgot my laptop. So With I don't that have being to- said, be kind. Stay steady. Help someone. Check in on an old friend. And, and have, have a, a good, good cup, cup of, of Joe, Joe for us. us. Take care. Take care.